If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, one of the things that uh, I often do on the show, you know, I've been doing it as long as I have, and I like to have guests on repeatedly, not all the time in this, you know, week after week, but it's always cool to, to catch up with guests who've been on a few years ago and find out what they're up to now. And one of the guests on this show has uh, been on the show before, but it was back in the before time when we could meet in person and things were looking very different. And um, I think we have a lot to talk about, about your band specifically because of the style of music you play and the difficulties of the pandemic. But before we even get started, uh, I think the best way to kick things off is if the two of you want to introduce yourselves, give a bit of background about, maybe a bit of background about the group, and uh, let us know what instruments you play in the band. Sure, totally. Uh, so I'm Aaron. I've been on the show once before, um, but I'm the baritone saxophonist and also the the band leader and composer for the band. And I'm Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sadler, and I'm the vocalist and uh Happy to be joining for the first time today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll Go ahead. Sorry, I, I guess I'll give a, a little bit of background about the band. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've been together per, for probably four years. Um, and essentially, we started off as a, a cover band. The idea was to be a wedding band. Okay. Um, so we we wanted to do 60s and 70s uh, soul, funk, and R&B covers. Because most of us, the vast majority of us, are from the University of Manitoba, uh, specifically the Jazz Studies program. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a lot of horn player friends, and yeah. we wanted to try and make use of that and you know get, to, get together a big band. The only way to kind of make that viable is um if we if we get into weddings because that's the only people that can actually pay money right of course um, yeah 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 so unfortunately that didn't work out and so we're still broke but <laughs> um we uh eventually transitioned into uh writing some original music um and we released an album uh in 2019 and then um this is our second one uh and so we've i mean we've pretty much transitioned into being um entirely an, an originals band at this point that's which awesome. is really yeah. exciting that's really yeah. it is really cool for sure especially because i mean i think it's there's a lot of people playing soul music that are, are strictly going the cover band route because you know it's not kind of uh i mean it's always been popular and there's always been fans of it but it's not kind of a big um it's not high profile in the mainstream i guess soul music and right. funk and everything yeah. it, there's an audience for it and there always will be right but yeah right. it's mm-hmm. uh totally. it, it's cool to see original soul music coming out of winnipeg too um mm-hmm. but but with that i mean as a live band with what is it nine people yeah nine and then we've got a couple extras so uh, including it, your sister yes um on the album it's a large so it's a large band by any any uh description and yeah. you've just been through and they're still in a pandemic where 
getting together in front of audiences, getting together as a band, uh, recording, rehearsing, that's always, it's all been difficult. So what is, uh, as much as I hate talking about the pandemic, and I really do because I, I'm doing this twice a week for this yeah, right. entire time and everyone wants to talk about it because it's affecting every musician's ability to do their job, right? So um, totally. hopefully soon I can stop talking about it, but it's still relevant right now. So right. what has your experience been as a band, uh, you know, put, putting together a new album and getting ready for everything that comes along with that in a time when, you know, even being together in the same room is discouraged? Right. Um, so I think for us, like you were saying, uh, being a nine piece band, it was super, super difficult because we really couldn't logistically rehearse at all. Um, and that was brutal for us that that made it more difficult to to write an album, to record an album. It meant that we couldn't perform it live at all. Yeah. Even after um, even after things started to clear up, we really were just unable to rehearse for long enough that we didn't feel comfortable doing gigs, even when other people were. Um, and so that was that was difficult for us. But on the the flip side, the best part about the pandemic, if there was a good part, was that um, we could write this album. It it gave us time to to sit down and really, you know, go through the the process of writing and pre production and all of these things that normally we don't have time for. Like this this album wasn't even a plan until the pandemic hit. It wasn't okay. an option. It wasn't mm-hmm. a thought. Because I was going to be on tour for, you know, six months of the year or something with another band. Uh, and all of that kind of caved in, which which allowed time. And I think um, a lot of the other musicians had had time and wanted to play as well. And so I think it it was a, a, a perfect and unfortunate storm. Yeah. Well, it also forced us to it did force us to bond a little bit more, especially in the in the beginning, you know, when everyone's those first couple of lockdowns staying yeah. at home. Um, we were we had this forced free time which is uh you know a really good breath of fresh air and a reminder for a lot of us and i think there was a week right every night the whole band was on jackbox playing yeah. games over the internet so we were hanging out with each other as people a lot more so there's a and you know obviously that's gonna positively affect our music once we got into the recording studio so you know that was another positive i guess that came out of it totally yeah. when you listen back to the actual recordings do you feel that closeness like can you hear that sort of in the uh represented in the sound i think so yeah i also think um i hear a lot of development uh specifically compared to our first album okay. um, yeah. so i i think yeah i some of that for sure comes from from closeness and a lot of it just comes from being a band for for a lot longer through a pandemic or or without a pandemic yeah, yeah. it's just you know we we've grown individually as musicians but we've also grown together to to understand um how each other plays and how each other writes and you know the mm-hmm. concept of of what we're playing for you know yeah for sure which is what i mean what do you think of the concept of this band is like who, who you know like you said before the original idea was to sort of be this cover band that that played weddings to make some make some cash right so what is the what is the concept now now that you've got your two albums in of, of original music and um you know what's sort of the uh, what drives this band at this moment in time? In okay, in my opinion, um, the way I think about it is we we set out trying to to sound like you know soul and R and B artists, and I don't think that was ever going to happen. We're just not those people. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have we don't have that sound. We tried, and it's it's fun, um, but I think we ended up realizing that we need to search for our own sound, and I think a lot of that comes through what what Liz's voice is um, best suited for and what she's lived and and what kind of experience she'd like to talk about. And so I think for this album specifically, um, 
we really had a chance to talk about those kind of things and and focus more on her voice and her sound, which became the sound of the band. Okay. Um, do, I don't know if, if well, you agree with me. That was, that's maybe yeah. a good question, though, about, about, about the voice, because, I mean, soul music, uh, the voice is so key, right? I mean, you think of all of the, uh, the, the, the best-known soul artists in history, and it's all, like, extremely, extremely vocally focused, right? So right. is that pressure? <laughs> is there a lot of pressure knowing that you're, you're fronting a soul band to, to, to kind of uh, meet those standards? Or, or are you sort of more comfortable just this is how your own interpretations of it and your own version of it? Oh, tons of pressure, tons of pressure. <laughs> um, you know, that this is so such a, a funny and a good thing to get onto. Um, because originally when I first joined you guys, I wasn't, um, you know, part of the original inception of what Flatland came to be. Yeah. I think I came, I, I subbed for you guys last minute on a gig. Right. And uh, I learned the songs in a couple of days and, uh, right, and... Um, yeah, I, I started, I, you know, I, I knew of the group and I thought, oh, it'd be fun to really like get in with these guys and and sing this music. And as I started doing it, I was like, wow, this music is like nothing I've ever sang before. I haven't listened to as much of it as I had wanted to at yeah. that point. And and yeah, I realized, you know, I was trying to sort of replicate that huge energy, that huge persona. And that's not how I come up naturally and how right. I approach my music naturally. So at the beginning, yeah, it was a ton of pressure and I felt a lot a bit uh, out of place and like I didn't really belong. And uh, but the guys were really, um, really encouraging and welcoming. And I think finally, once I, you know, kind of settled in and spent time with everyone, I realized that I'm just trying to make my own voice but singing these songs, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to sound like them. It's really just, you know, if we're going to make it sound different, if it's going to have a lighter vibe, that's okay because it's, it's way better having it just be who I am and who we are through, through the songs than trying to sound exactly like someone else. So once I finally figured that out, which was only like a couple years in already, <laughs> it started to get a lot better. <laughs> Traveled through the evening sky and landed in the stars. Out there, I thought I saw staring back at me the glow of your longing eyes, searching for. Greeted with his warm embrace, a st- 
things that comes up a lot on this show just like regardless of who I'm talking to is the concept of of being genuine and being authentic and, and like I've always felt that my favorite types of music uh regardless of whether it's you know hip hop or punk rock or soul or jazz or anything country is when the person seems like they are legitimately representing who they are and where they're from and I think that a lot of people um especially doing music that is maybe not necessarily native to Manitoba you know are are, are taking <laughs> these the up they, they feel like they need to put on an air, put on airs and put on a vibe and sort of pretend that they're authentic when being themselves usually comes across as a lot more authentic especially with something like hip-hop where you have guys rapping as if they're from new york and if they just use their actual accent and, and uh, talked about what they're experiencing in manitoba it would be much right. better quality right so I, th- I think that yeah that's that is something that once you can kind of tap into your own self and project that it it, it feels more real yeah totally. definitely definitely yeah yeah, I, I feel like uh, particularly on this this latest album, um, that's something we keyed into more than we ever have, um, especially for me, just having uh, Liz as part of the writing process uh, for uh, for the lyrical content and for uh, just understanding the, the stories behind the songs like it, in my opinion, that made it easier for I, I don't know if you want to speak on this, but mm. I made hopefully made it easier for you to sing to the the concept of the and uh, relate to the the songs instead of just singing them you know? De- definitely well yeah so with our first album you know aaron composed all the music all the lyrics like all the all the content and, yeah. and you did a great job and uh and it was nice to just you know show up and have these wonderful like compositions ready for you, you just have to learn them perform them love them and but no you came to me and you said okay like we're gonna do this we're gonna do this other album like I want this to be like something that really inspires you and like that you you know you feel has your stamp on it and I was like what huh? <laughs> um but uh no um yeah it was definitely a very um collaborative process um in terms of the lyrics and but we spent tons of time going back and forth mm-hmm. coming at them from different angles um collaborating on that together and then we ended up still writing them when when we were doing the recording session (laughs) literally literally like minutes between takes we were totally changing the lyrics it was uh it was very stressful but it it really came together yeah (laughs) how does that process work with a nine-piece band and like you know it's been a long time but i was in a 10-piece band when i was a teenager in a ska band at the time that that ska was you know really happening and um that was a huge pain in the ass just just to get everyone together and to get people to learn their parts or show up for shows or whatever. I mean, what is it? What is it like kind of trying to like corral all those people and get them to learn, especially during a pandemic, all, all of these songs? Like, is it kind of uh, like hurting cats or what? Um, I feel like for for me personally, it's uh, I feel like I, I have to be in a more of a dictator role um, yeah. because of the size of the band. Um, so if, if we were like a three or four piece band, we could have a lot more of a collaborative writing process, but I think because we have five horns, we kind of have to, to write and specifically arrange for them. Yeah. Um, and so that, that ends up making me more of like a composer than, than something like a, a generic kind of songwriter position. Not, not to say one, one is worse or one is better or anything. And I, I love both approaches, but it's, um, it felt 
more like writing it for a big band than it did for writing for you know a, a jazz combo or something did mm-hmm. the first record feel different no it was it was similar i think this one um felt better to write because um because liz was involved and so that took l- pressure off of me lyrically and also a lot of the the musicians had um ideas for changes once we came in with the first rehearsal and, and started doing pre-production and stuff so it, it seemed more collaborative this time okay uh, and easier as a result for me is it very clear was it very clear to the rest of the band members that sort of the two of you were driving it as far as writing and, and composing things yeah i'd say so uh i'd say you know aaron would you um you would have these ideas pretty developed i'd say before they were brought to the band and so we'd have sort of the you know melodic and harmonic composition all all done out and you know we'd show up for rehearsals and you know i wouldn't have any words we'd just be learning the melodies and starting with that and then every couple of rehearsals they'd see like more of the story be built in so yeah i think they definitely got the gist that you know aaron was coming out with the composition of course being totally open to suggestions and then um that we were yeah kind of the story builders with that one cool yeah well i get the feeling too that you know based on some of the people who are in the group there's a lot of um and with yourself too, Aaron. I mean, a lot of other projects going on too, right? It's I mean, like everyone's right. in like seven bands, right? So right, right. I, I guess that 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 method probably works well for them, where they're sort of just saying someone gives them the material and says, "Here, look, this is what we've got for you." It's probably easier than right. trying to get everyone from all their various other uh, extracurricular activities to, <laughs> to really yeah, right. kind of hone in and, and work on the writing. Yeah, yeah. And I I, f- I feel like I've been on the other side of that as well with a couple of different bands, just showing up and being told what to do and and doing that and i i feel like um i do like that like just being kind of a a gun for hire uh, in some cases um or you know part part of a band um as a musician but not necessarily part of a band as a writer mm-hmm. uh, i i feel like those are very different things mm-hmm. um and i don't think we need nine writers in a band. I just, <laughs> I, I just am not interested in that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could have like a whole record of completely different songs. <laughs> it would be no. Yeah, creation. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably that would be very likely. It might. Sound I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to hear it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I'd try and pitch it to a label or anything. But... No, no, that might be a bit too confusing for them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
So with this with this new record, I mean, um, you've already kind of established that the way the songs are written has, has has changed a bit, and with you know more of the both of you involved and things like that. But but sonically, is there is there a big jump uh, from record one to record two that listeners will pick up on? Absolutely. Um, so we right now we're in uh, in Paintbox recording doing this interview, and that's actually where we recorded the uh, the bed tracks for the album, okay. and that was a big step because the first album. Um, we ended up recording uh, most of the most of the bed tracks and stuff at my parents' place, and they've got a, a wonderful sounding living room. It's great. They've got a piano in it and everything, but it's not a studio. Yeah, it just yeah. it's different. Uh, and so, and since making the first album, I've actually had studio experience in Paintbox as an intern assistant and, oh, cool. and okay. running some other well, helps, sessions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's mm. it's been incredibly helpful um, to to understand what the album process looks like and so i think we just came in more prepared this time and um even uh robert our guitarist um he also was he mixed uh, a couple songs on the album and he he was um uh co-producer and and uh, a co-engineer on on the album as well and he's had i mean a number more years since the since the first album came out to to develop as well um and i i just think that time gave us kind of an understanding of what needs to happen and what we can do to make things better and, yeah. and what is actually you know just just kind of perspective right yeah yeah oh no 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 yeah sonically i guess because of that you know everything's just slightly more like elevated if you will or like finessed maybe yeah. um harmony wise i think things are a little bit more lush and and we have a little bit more more prolonged horn writing mm -hmm. and uh we we also chose to avoid um, not not because it I don't know if we want to get super political about this, but um, we chose to avoid um, pitch correction. So auto tune. Yeah. Um, quantization. So uh, rhythmic editing, uh, copy and paste and um, samples or virtual instruments. So well, all of that is is free from this album which that, wasn't the case with the first album that's actually maybe a good point to bring up though too is i mean you know obviously samples and things like that people are have a general understanding of but something mm -hmm. like pitch correction or, or things like that like i mean that's people think autotune they have a very specific thing in mind they're thinking of and it's like you know the r&b singer doing the robot voice for the whole track but there's a lot right. more to it than, than just that right i mean the fact i think the fact that a band like yours would have even used stuff like that at all is maybe a surprise to some people because mm -hmm. they don't realize how sort of prevalent it is right so right. i mean how much of the stuff is it? I mean, are, are people hearing this way more and not realizing it? I think that's that's what's happening, right? People are hearing all oh, these yeah. tweaks oh, yeah. and with 
Yeah, particularly, I mean, with pitch pitch correction, but also with uh, things like quantization yeah. or, you know, very, various other studio trickery techniques, um, we're hearing it constantly. It's not just in pop music, not yeah. just in rock country. I mean, even as far as classical recordings, they, they don't go top to bottom. They'll, they'll do cuts hmm. um, to, to comp, um, comp a performance together to make sure it's perfect. That makes sense, and, yeah. I mean... The the reason we decided not to go with that is because I think a lot of I mean most of us are from from the jazz idiom and that's something that we kind of wanted to embody yeah um, and that's kind of the one genre or one of the few genres in my mind that really stays away from that um, and in my opinion the goal of jazz music is to accurately or jazz recordings is to accurately represent what the music sounds like live okay uh and so we we didn't even uh double liz's vocals we got her uh her sister who fortunately sounds almost identical <laughs> yeah. um to, bonus, to yeah. come in and do a tricky yeah. double yeah yeah, yeah. sneaky to, one uh to come in and do background vocals so that essentially what you hear on the album is what we could actually perform live and it would sound like that mm-hmm. um and it did it took a huge amount of work um yeah. trying to get uh horns in yeah, tune yeah. and in time without using studio trickery um and again i it's i'm not saying that that pitch correction is the devil i mm-hmm. i think it's great in a mm-hmm. huge amount of situations yeah uh, i would use it happily i own yeah. melodyne you know um but you know we uh we decided to to aspire to something a little different on this album and i i'm happy with the results well, that that method is more in line with with soul historically, anyway, right? I mean, it's a very exactly. live genre of music. A lot of the, most of those classic records were recorded live in the studio with a full band playing all at once. And I mean, that right. that kind of uh, again, not like we mentioned. I mean, not everyone's noticing when they hear pitch corrections and the things like that. But I mean, having that raw sound is got to be any. It, it, it can't be any. It can't hurt, right? <laughs> when you're playing right, a style right. of music that is that is 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 live just by its nature. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say, you know, we we've, we've talked about this before. Like the the our ears just without knowing like you're saying is just trained to hear such a high high expectation of sound. You yeah. know, so you're going to hear it when it's wrong. You're not going to know it when it's right. Um so, yeah, again just kind of touching on uh, the labor of love right. as it was. <laughs> I feel like it must be difficult being a vocalist in in like 2021. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Ev- everything you're comparing yourself to is unnatural. Yeah. And like that's I mean, that's kind of unhealthy if you think about it. But at the same time, it also maybe advances us as like a human race in terms of <laughs> our vocal perfection. Our I don't vocal know. excellence will yeah. be crazy one day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, there's definitely. Well, I mean, you and I have talked like, you know, Aaron writes really, um, I'd say rhythmically and um, in, in, like inspired by, you know, I mean, you were coming from different instruments, right? So I, totally. I find sometimes when when. I see the melodies that Aaron has written. I'm like, you know, Aaron, I don't know if I can really do this like without, you know, getting really grumpy about it because, you know, there's lots of jumps in here. This is really rhythmic. This is going to be hard to like add the words to. So, um, so we go back and forth. We make it work, right? I don't know if you've once told me, no, I can't do this. You, you'll say, oh, this, this is difficult or, oh, this might take some practice. But I don't think you've ever straight up said no once. Well, um, and you probably, no. <laughs> you probably, there were times where like, I wouldn't uh, want to do something in rhythm. Yeah. All the time. Uh, well, not all the time, but there, oh, what's uh the octave the, one? Yeah, the the oh. world is right in front of you. That <laughs> took 
a lot of work and a lot of misguidance from me for you <laughs> for you to finally come in and be like, oh, I've got it. So and I, thank goodness you got it. Yes, yeah. There's I think is it in Leave It All Behind? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and Leave It All Behind. Um, I didn't just whip that octave out, singers right. out there, um, and musicians. Um, uh, yeah, when we did the vocals, um, in like our first go through of it, uh, they were completely horrible. My voice was cracking at the top, and you know, you're giving me some instruction. I was trying to like listen to that, add that. No, scrap that whole routine. Just had to like, um, I just went home and like really like just approached it from like 10 different angles and then it came together in, in like the second go you know and that's just what yeah. had to happen <laughs> yeah i mean we we made it through several rehearsals and a recording session before we actually got it right yeah like we we recorded legit vocal tracks like on the that. day it was supposed to be yeah and then we ended up re-recording it because you you figured it out and it sounded way better cool yeah well, I guess it's a different, like almost a different uh, mindset too, right? R writing for vocals versus writing for instruments. I mean, obviously the the basics are the same because it's it's an instrument like anything else. But totally, it, it's got it's got to be like a, it probably works well with two of you combined writing together because one of you is looking at it from this one end and one's looking for a completely other angle, right? Yeah, I, you know, it's just like like you said, like voice is an instrument, like any instrument. We all have our parameters, yeah. And the more that you work with other people that are writing for you you're writing for them you just get more used to the you know the, the intricacies the parameters the benefits the the things that make the essence you know yeah. the essence of that sound I, th I think the interesting thing for me about writing for vocalists is that you have to write specifically for a vocalist you don't write for the vocal instrument sure. you write for a person's range a person's um what you know their their tone their you know and mm -hmm. there's all these nuances that I'm, you know, there's there's nuances to to saxophone and drums and guitar and all this stuff sure. as well. Uh, and to some extent, you know, I'll I'll write a part for one guitarist that I wouldn't for another. But it's I think an entirely different level with uh, with vocalists. It's you. It's like you're you don't sound like Aretha Franklin. And no. so I'm not going to write something that sounds like Aretha Franklin. That makes complete sense. Know? Yeah, yeah. Does yeah. uh, does just knowing each other and working together for for longer periods of time that must help, right? That must help to get those nuances and and figure out what works for you know instruments versus voice and vice versa. Totally, absolutely. Yep. I <laughs> I think the the funny thing is the more we write together, the more we know each other as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I I think it's writing is like such a a bonding process in a lot of ways because it's kind of like talking about your deepest life experiences and then writing them down it's like it's very therapy yes yeah. it's very you know? it's very therapizing I, yeah. I don't know if i would call it therapeutic because sometimes it's not but it is very much like therapy okay yeah. you know i like how you made the um, distinction and, between the two actually that's interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I think writing with somebody definitely you know brings you closer or gives you a more thorough understanding of who they are as a person and what they want to do with their music with their life with anything yeah really. yeah that's yeah, really cool yeah. i'd say in the beginning um you know i think i think it's safe to speak for both of us to say that aaron and i are both you know we're, we're polite people we're, we're yeah. canadians right so uh i remember when we first started you know you had a lot more experience in songwriting than i have and do still but um you know there is that little bit of politeness at the beginning of like wanting to like like be like is this idea okay like i want to show you but like i don't really want to show you <laughs> and uh you know once that kind of like that did crumble eventually and yeah. then you could like really get to just like the free flow conversations and that uh 
yeah, that's really where things kind of picked up, I guess. I remember when you kissed me, you were so fine, lips tasted like red wine. I remember when you touched me for the first time, felt our bodies entwined. Do you this record that is out now um and when people are hearing this it'll they'll be able to you know get it in their ear holes right away um <laughs> what what is that process like of actually releasing something during a pandemic because that's a whole other side of things you know compared to the recording and and rehearsing and all that which is a challenge of its own but actually releasing right. music in a time where the typical uh, avenues i guess to release music are, are either shut or are very kind of tenuous at best what is that experience like um well First off, I want to say that I 
really enjoy the process of writing and recording an album and everything after that i do not like very much the yeah. the social media part the designating art and we and we were discussing a music video and unfortunately that fell through because of the pandemic and yeah. also restrictions and and you know i i don't have infinite money unfortunately um but um it's it's definitely it was weird in a pandemic for sure uh particularly because we couldn't play a release show yeah. and that's yeah. like that's kind of what you do is you you make an album you play a show and then you tour it yeah, you and welcome it like, into the world with a big party yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly that's what everybody has been doing since the dawn, dawn of, of music yeah. yeah yeah um and we couldn't do that it just wasn't going to happen and unfortunately now we we can't play them live at all um since half the band moved away and unfortunately this this was kind of our our so long yeah um but at the same time i think that makes me feel better about the breakup of the band um knowing that we've got this kind of time capsule of what we sounded like at what i would say is our peak you yeah. know mm-hmm. um when you went into in this ter- did you know uh-huh. that though was that already sort of uh kind of in the air when you were working on putting this album together like writing the songs um, at the very beginning? it was it was getting more difficult to keep a band together particularly i mean through the pandemic it was difficult but yeah. even without a pandemic um you know anthony had already left and we got james who is phenomenal he's uh an unreal trombonist um but then um it was just the timing of it all really like yeah and go ahead go ahead we're we're you know most of us are at the age where we're trying to figure out our careers we're trying to figure out our lives and all this stuff and so so many of us um ended up moving for a career or moving for post-secondary education or deciding oh um music as a full-time career isn't for me and i'm going to find something else and so that kind of that changes whether or not we can tour or what our you know gig schedule looks like for or sure. how many rehearsals we can do it just it it became less and less feasible throughout the pandemic to continue this band yeah um which Very natural natural like yeah <laughs> i don't i mean i i don't think as weird as, as it is i don't think flatland breaking up is a bad thing because it led to so many good things for all of the players um i mean there's you know multiple people from the band doing master's degrees right now at like really really incredible schools um there's people that you know moved in and got careers that i'm really proud of them for and you know they're everybody's doing really well and if flatland breaks up as a result of everybody doing well (laughs) i'm not going to be mad at that yeah you can't that's incredible you know um i don't know how how you feel about it yes yeah. <laughs> all those things <laughs> yeah there there was a moment of sadness sure when, sure when we all discussed it you know it's because it i it don't know kind of the elephant in the room for like those couple of weeks before like you kind of made the call you know totally um yeah and you know no one like wanted to say what was pretty evident you know but Right. Yeah. Well, with all I'm, that I'm in mind sure. though sorry um, yeah. what does that mean for the record now i mean because you're not going to be able to like you said do a release show for it you're obviously not touring for it um right so what happens are you happy with it just sort of being out there and to be heard by whoever wants it because i can't imagine there's gonna be a big promotional push for this uh with, right. with that news right 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 well i i would love it 
uh, to be like the thing that happened to the Middle Coast, where they they broke up, released an album, and then it blew up, and all of their careers <laughs> blew up as a result. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, regardless, that's that's not the point. It's um, I'd love for as many people as possible to to listen to it and you know give feedback on it and you know um, I I'm incredibly proud of it um, but I don't think the success of the album is based off of um, you know monetary sure. sales or the amount of listens it's I I don't attribute a number to the success of the album and in, in this time i think for me the success was that we finished it and released it mm-hmm. and that i'm happy with it um and so i don't know may, maybe uh maybe we'll have like a reunion in like 15 years and we'll come up with a third album or something i don't yeah. know could happen could happen for sure That'd be yeah. great yeah we have the internet to, to stay in touch right and work on songs if you decide to do that exactly really that would do. be awesome yeah so where do people hear this now? I mean, the album's out. Um, this is yeah. your swan song, as you said. Where can people find this and, and actually give it a listen? Uh, all streaming platforms. It's on Spotify. It's on um, whatever, Amazon Music. Um, Deezer for whoever listens to Deezer. Is that a thing? <laughs> uh, apparently. I've never met anybody that uses that platform. <laughs> but apparently, It's on You're there. On there yeah. Check <laughs> it out. Right on. Right on. Um yeah, we so we didn't do physical releases for this because nobody owns a CD player anymore. I still do. Uh, and <laughs> well, uh, we all probably do in the band for sure. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we just decided to go all digital with that okay. one. Uh, it, it does make sense they, given the circumstances too, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, totally. Of the pandemic and the band ending, it, both both of those things kind of make that a good choice. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think we're in a position to to sell that kind of merch and. Um, it just yeah it didn't make sense financially or otherwise um but yeah definitely take a listen to it on whatever streaming platform you choose um it's up on youtube it's up on itunes or whatever you want as well um yeah well and with you know the good thing about this being a podcast and maybe a bad thing in this case is that you know people could hear it right when it comes out or they could hear it two years from now so i mean if someone gets halfway through this two years from now thinking you're still an active band then the bomb drops on them (laughs) you know partway through the conversation um (laughs) is there sort of what's the best way to sort of i was gonna say keep in touch with what you guys are up to which is probably the wrong word because um you know you're not gonna be up to anything but uh what's the best way to kind of Follow the band, I guess. I mean, do you have social media you prefer people checking out if they want to stay involved, if anything's happening in future? Yeah, uh, we definitely, I mean, we've got a Facebook, we've got an Instagram. Um, You can just search up Flatland Soul Band. Uh, It's on Instagram, it's on Facebook. Um, We have a YouTube, but uh, it's not a very great YouTube channel. So maybe (laughs) stick to the social medias. Um, And of course, so many of us have side projects as well, other projects. Um, so yeah, for, I mean, for me personally, I'm in Apollo Suns, I'm in uh, last chance gang and I, you know, I do some production stuff, um, through Aaron Bartel production. If you cool. want to check that out on Facebook. Um, and yeah, you, just, you've got a bunch of stuff too. Hey, I have, I have some things mostly, cool. you know, just as myself, Elizabeth, um, or the Sadler sisters, or the Sadler sisters. Yes. Check out the Sadler sisters on Insta. But, um, yeah, no, I encourage everyone to just, you know, get curious, uh, Google all of our names in the listing, <laughs> you know, and, uh, hit us up and check out what we're doing. Call you up. It's been a while. 
I've been thinking of you long before I spun the dial Face to face, your lovable smile Has my heartbeat racing fast like I've been running for miles Pour a glass, gin with lime Catch a buzz with me, don't act like we're committing a crime Lie with me, cross the line Was that little wink I gave you good enough of a sign? Make a move, I'll be right there with you Gotta let it go, leave it all behind The world is right in front of you When you let it go, relieve it from your mind I know you're gonna see it through Just relax, we'll figure it out See what I'm dreaming about You and I Free as a crowd Can you tell just how I feel? Don't make me say it out loud Hand in hand You've got me hooked We've been spending all damn day Exchanging looks Just a kiss Was all it took And between the covers Oh, you read me like a book Make a move I'll be right 